Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit granger.com. I am in London, have been here all week. And I got to tell you, biggest takeaway as we get closer to the weekend of football. First of all, I'm excited to see what Saturday college football and Sunday NFL action is going to feel like in London. Going to be watching games on Saturday. Going to be going to the Titans-Chargers game on Sunday. But I got to tell you, to me, it's a no-brainer that this city, London, is ready for an NFL franchise. I have talked to as many people as I could in this week that I've been over here whether it's cab drivers, whether it's uh, you know just regular people walking around who obviously have absolutely no clue who I am. And there is a lot of interest in American football over here. And I, I start to look at uh, the issues that the Chargers are having. And I got a crazy idea for you right off the jump here. What if the Chargers, who I don't think are really going to make a lot of sense in L.A., it seems to me that the Rams have swept into L.A., They are gobbling up all the ticket sales. The idea of sharing this stadium doesn't make a lot of sense. The Chargers have no fans that they can even get to come to their games at that tiny bandbox of a soccer stadium that they're playing in here right now. Crazy idea for you. What if the Chargers move to Jacksonville and Jacksonville, the Jaguars, move to London and they just change names? 
Does this make sense to anybody else that you could effectively avoid the disaster of Jacksonville losing their team by having one of the teams in Jacksonville, the team that is theoretically there right now or whatever, you could have a switch go on. You have the Chargers move to Jacksonville, you keep a team there, and then you go ahead and bump the other team to London. Because there's lots of talk about what would you do if you decided to add another franchise to the NFL because it's actually set up pretty well right now with eight different divisions with four teams each in them. It makes scheduling relatively easy. If you add a 33rd team, do you have to add a 34th team? Do you have to add a 35th, 36th? It kind of gets complicated in terms of what that division would look like. I don't think it makes sense for L.A. to have two teams. So why not go ahead and take advantage of the fact that the Jaguars have been playing over here for a while and that Shahid Khan has tried to go or Shad Khan has tried to go by Wembley Stadium. Evidently that's not going to happen. But you've got a situation I think where you could easily take a team from the West Coast, relocate them to the East Coast and then bump the East Coast team over to London. Now, you get a little bit complicated, you'd have to reconfigure probably the divisions because you'd be taking a West Coast team and moving it to the East, so you'd probably have to take a team that is uh, that is right now, maybe like, I, I don't know, maybe you'd take the Houston Texans into the AFC West and kind of recalibrate the way that the, uh, the divisions are lined up, and then you take that team over uh, in London and you put them maybe in the AFC South, which wouldn't make a lot of sense necessarily, but you could then have Jacksonville, you could have the Titans, you could have the Colts and the London team and it would theoretically make some sense. And like I said, you bump Houston out to the AFC West, and they take over the Chargers' old role in that division. And uh, that doesn't seem like it would be a major disaster. So here I am already solving problems to start off uh, the morning show here. Appreciate you spending your mornings with us. A couple of big news uh, stories that are hanging out there. Well, yesterday we talked a lot about the controversy surrounding whether or not Jose Altuve's uh, home run should have counted or whether it was fan interference. Today, it's a moot point as David Price and the Boston Red Sox, yes, David Price, who hasn't had any success in the postseason, they got the win. The Red Sox are advancing to the World Series. Here is what it sounded like on the Red Sox radio network. Kimbrell at the belt. He fires. Swinging a fly ball left field. Benintendi moving back, back toward the wall. He reaches up, he makes the catch, and the Red Sox have won the American League pennant for the 14th time in their history. Andrew Benintendi with the last put out there mobbing Craig Kimbrell, who got the save tonight. David Price with a win, and the Red Sox are going on to the World Series for the first time since 2013. They beat the Houston Astros in game five, four to one. That was the call that put the Red Sox on into uh, the World Series. Who will they play against? Tonight's game may well decide it. The Dodgers going on the road in Milwaukee. We're not far away from, I think, a matchup that Major League Baseball would love to see happen, which is the Dodgers against the Red Sox. You would have L.A. against Boston, the two centers of the American sporting universe. Uh, That was that final call. Also, Alex Cora, after the game, he praised starting pitcher David Price. I don't want to pick battles with the media, but, you know, I heard somebody today on TV just blasting David, you know, blasting him, calling him the worst pitcher in the postseason. Yeah, the numbers are there, I know, but he didn't hesitate. 
you know, it was a bad matchup, you know, one of the greatest against the worst and all that. And uh, I don't listen too much to what's going on outside, but that one got me. That one got me. And uh, when he was uh, throwing 94 and the changes, whatever, I was thinking about that segment on MLB Network today. So I don't know. Probably the guy's going to blast me because I'm talking about him, whoever he is. But you know what? Uh, I'm happy David show up today. And uh, tomorrow we can turn the page and move on to the World Series with David Price. NFL, that is a uh, shot back at the Major League Baseball Network. NFL obviously kicked off last night as well and didn't go very well for the Arizona Cardinals as nothing has gone very well for the Arizona Cardinals so far this year. It was a beatdown delivered by the Denver Broncos. Broncos run their record to, what do they run their record to? Three and four? I think they ran their record to three and four, if I'm not mistaken. And the Cardinals fell to uh, one and six. So we will see what continues to transpire there. I would say right now, we have had four rookie quarterbacks playing substantial amounts of snaps, right? We have had uh, two that I think have been as good or better than you could have anticipated early. Again, this is very early. If you had rated Jared Goff after year one, everybody was convinced he was going to be a bust. But I think through the games that we have seen so far, it's fair to say that Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold have looked like the two best quarterbacks in this draft class. And Josh Rosen and Josh Allen have looked very average at best. Josh Rosen throwing a couple of pick sixes. Uh, it was not a close game. It was, I think, 35-3 to at the half. Uh, the Cardinals got booed as they jogged off the field. It was an ugly beatdown of a Thursday night football game. And so, as you kind of look at the, the trajectories of these two teams, I think if you are a Broncos fan, Vance Joseph, first of all, continues to survive. He's, he's maybe on the hottest seat in all the NFL right now, but he's got his team to 3-4. and four. And meanwhile, the Cardinals are awful. Uh, they, they are probably the worst team in the NFL right now. We will see how whether or not that continues, whether Josh Rosen can make any improvement, whether or not he's going to be uh, okay health-wise because it looked like he was uh, kind of hurt his uh, foot a little bit in that game. So that is going on. Also, as if that were not enough, the October is the month that is an embarrassment of sports riches. LeBron James made his Lakers debut last night. Now, there's a bit of info out here, I think, that uh, that, that we're going to get to that I think is, is an interesting discussion. But let me go ahead and give you a highlight since all you LeBron stands out there are desperately demanding it. Here's LeBron James with his first points as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. Here's James to the bucket again. stops calling timeout for the Blazers. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is that is uh, the exciting uh, beginning of the game. The conclusion, not so good for Laker fans. The Lakers went on the road and they lost against the Portland Trailblazers. Here is something that I think is a big story that you're going to hear from virtually no one else in sports media. And we're going to talk about why. NBA ratings have tanked as LeBron James has moved to the West Coast. Now, we'll wait and see how many people watched that Lakers game against the uh, the Portland Trailblazers last night. But here's something that's interesting that I grabbed that one of you sent me last night. And it is the number of people who live in each time zone in the country. And I'm not sure when this was most recently updated, but it's roughly accurate. 47% of the United States population lives in the Eastern time zone. So if you are waking up right now listening to me it is a little bit after 6 a.m. in the morning. Thanks for hanging out with us. You are nearly half the United States population. East Coast. Central time zone. 
29% of the United States population lives in the central time zone. So I'm not great at math, but basic math would tell me that nearly 80% of the United States population is either in the eastern time zone or the central time zone. Almost nobody is in the mountain time zone. We love all of you who are listening in the mountain time zone up early with us. And then the Pacific time zone only has a little bit over 16% of the population. So about 20% of the population is in the mountain time zone or west. 80% of the United States population. I think that surprises a lot of people when they actually hear that. 80% of the United States population is central time zone or east coast time zone. And I bring all this up because LeBron James has spent his entire career in the eastern time zone. And what does that mean? That means that a lot of times people get off work and they get home and they sit down and they've gotten used to putting LeBron James on the television when he's playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers or he's playing for the Miami Heat. And when they do that, they will then oftentimes leave their televisions on for some of these doubleheader games where the West Coast game happens afterwards. And then if you end up falling asleep, guess what? On your couch, your uh, advertiser, your television network gets credit as long as your television remains on, right? So that's why it's oftentimes the case that if a highly rated sports event happens, even the next morning, the first thing people do is if their television turned off during the night, they wake up and they flip it back on. The numbers are always huge. So if you are uh, the, the Tuesday morning after ESPN has Monday night football, the audience is much bigger. The Saturday morning for FS1 after they have Dodgers Brewers tonight, game six, a lot more people will be watching FS1 on Saturday morning because they'll wake up and they'll turn the television on. They fell asleep on the couch. A lot of you know what I'm talking about. You're watching sports. LeBron not being in the East Coast. This is an argument I've been making for a while and I'm going to continue to expand on it. LeBron not being in the East Coast is a major, major deal for the NBA because the NBA doesn't have a league. They have a player. LeBron James people care about to a massive extent. LeBron is the straw that stirs the NBA drink. The analogy that I would make is, think about Tom Cruise. When Tom Cruise makes a movie over the last 25 years, people go see Tom Cruise's movie. How often do people go see the movies of the girl starring in a movie with Tom Cruise? How many women who have ever starred in movies with Tom Cruise have ended up being celebrities in their own right who you would go see a movie with? He was married to Nicole Kidman. I'm not sure that she counts, but she certainly is a star. Days of Thunder, I think, was where they met. She became a star because she was in a movie with Tom Cruise. Other than that, maybe Cameron Diaz? My point here is people go to watch the star. Tom Cruise is the star of every Tom Cruise movie. There is always a love interest of Tom Cruise that is in that movie, and that love interest becomes famous a little bit because she was in the movie with Tom Cruise. But that person cannot carry a movie on her own because she's not the star. She's just there alongside of Tom Cruise. That's what the rest of the NBA is, by and large. Outside of the Warriors, the rest of the NBA is all about LeBron James is the star, and we're also kind of relevant because we're on the same stage with LeBron James. LeBron James and Tom Cruise 
everybody else just about in the NBA is the girl who stars in the movie with Tom Cruise. What's my analogy here? The NBA's opening night ratings on TNT, which Twitter would have you believe is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of mankind because the NBA fans are a lot more active on social media than almost any other fan base. The ratings plummeted 37% without LeBron James involved on the East Coast. Think about that for a minute. Think about how much attention NFL ratings collapsing over the past two years got. And then I want to ask you a question. Why didn't anybody in the NBA media come out and actually say anything about this? If the NFL opening night ratings had gone down 37%, it'd be the front page of the New York Times, be the front page of CNN.com, be the front page of every major website in America that writes about sports, and everybody would be talking about it. The NBA drops 37%, and almost nobody will even mention it to you. Do you know why that is? Because the NBA media is captured by the league. Nobody in the NBA media will criticize a player. Nobody in the NBA media will criticize Adam Silver. Nobody in the NBA media will criticize anything associated with the league. They're all a bunch of fanboys and fangirls. Now, partly, I think that's because ESPN and TNT wildly overpaid for the NBA product. And so, as a result, unlike the NFL, which everybody lines up to rip, and Major League Baseball, which everybody lines up to rip, almost nobody says a negative word about the NBA. The NBA is the golden child. Yet the ratings are collapsing. Why is that? It's because the NBA doesn't have a league. It's got LeBron. And LeBron is now on the West Coast. Now, we'll wait and see how much Laker game ratings increase with LeBron, but it ain't going to be enough to make up for the 80% of the audience he left behind in the Eastern and Central time zones. This is a disaster for the NBA. I don't think anybody's told it to you. First of all, the Lakers, I don't think, are going to be very good. I think at best they're going to be the fifth or sixth sixth best team in the Western Conference. And that might be an exaggeration. That's at best. I don't think this team's going to be that good this year. And if LeBron's out of the playoffs, and if LeBron is playing long after most of you have already gone to bed, the amount of interest in the NBA is going to decline precipitously. And that's without even considering the fact that there's only two or three teams that can actually win a championship. Now, it's only October. So we'll pay attention as November. To me, the NBA season should start on Christmas. If I were NBA commissioner and I was Adam Silver and I was actually making a risky decision, I would say, you know what, October and November basketball are over. The NBA season begins on Christmas Day. And we're going to extend it all the way until the end of July, maybe even the first week of August. And that's when we'll play our championship because there's nothing going on in July and August. That's what I would do. But the NBA, not that forward thinking in that regard. But I just want you to put a pen in that detail that I just shared with you. Down 37% opening night ratings in the NBA. Again, because the NBA doesn't have a league, it's got LeBron. And LeBron is Tom Cruise, and everybody else in the NBA, with the possible exception probably of the Warriors, are the girls starring alongside of Tom Cruise in movies. They're great as long as Tom Cruise is in that movie. As soon as they're not starring alongside Tom Cruise, you never hear about him again. Happened for 25 years. That's what's happening right now in the NBA. All right, we're going to go be joined by my guy, Charles Davis. Usually he joins us on Tuesday. 
He's uh, calling games for NFL uh, for Fox. We will break down everything that happened in the NFL. Also let him revel a little bit in the University of Tennessee's win over Auburn. He's a longtime Tennessee alum and will think he called a game last year in London. I'll also ask him whether he agrees with me about the possibility of London being ready for an NFL team and whether or not he thinks it makes sense in the long range over here. Lots to get to. Uh, As I said in the open, you heard all the different games that were going on last night. We'll talk Thursday night NFL football. Uh, We'll talk the Red Sox on to the World Series, and we will continue to discuss everything surrounding LeBron uh, joining the Lakers and finally playing his first game. In the meantime, if you've ever driven past the snowy vineyards by I-90, you've probably wondered whose idea it was to grow grapes there. That man was Ephraim Wells Bull, and it took him more than 22,000 seedlings of grapes to invent the Concord grape, a tough fruit that could thrive in cold winters. It was either that or move to Florida, and you can infer by the 22,000 attempts that wasn't really an option for a man whose last name was Bull. The world's toughest antioxidants, Welch's, tough as grapes. And we're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. I'm Clay Travis. Up next, it's Charles Davis, live from London. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off don't sweat it mybookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event even esports there's no better time to join mybookie.net go to mybookie.net to open an account and start winning use promo code clay when you register for your account and get a hundred percent sign up bonus visit mybookie.net's website today and use promo code clay to get a hundred percent sign up bonus mybookie.net promo code clay for a hundred percent bonus no deposit necessary terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only void prohibited welcome back geico outkick studios car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price list price and invoice true car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and we're brought to you by granger america's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies visit granger.com gonna be joined by charles davis he is calling the carolina versus uh, the eagles game this weekend and he called carolina washington last weekend we'll have him break down that and more for sure but first ralph irvin what's shaking in the world of sports well thank you very much clay and thursday night it was a great night for the Red Sox. They beat Houston 4-1 to take the American League pennant and earn a spot in the World Series. David Price, dominant, earning his first ever postseason win. Six innings, striking out nine, giving up just three hits. The Red Sox will face the winner of the Dodgers and the Brewers. Next week in the World Series in the NBA, LeBron James made his Lakers debut in Portland. Not what he was hoping for, though. The Trailblazers beat the Lakers for the 16th straight time, 128-119. Philadelphia bounced back from their opening light loss, humbling Chicago, 127-108. And Miami got a buzzer beater from Kelly Olynyk. They beat Washington, 113-112. One game in the Pac-12, Stanford a 2013 win over Arizona State. And in Thursday night football in the NFL, 
Arizona, not looking so good. Denver mopped the floor with the Cardinals, forcing five turnovers in a 45-10 win. Now let's go back to the Geico Outkick London Studios. Play Travis. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick Studios, London version. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And we're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. My guy Charles Davis with us now. He's at CFD22, I believe, on Twitter. And uh, he called the Carolina Panthers game against the Washington Redskins. It's amazing, Charles, and I'm curious if you agree with me, that we seem to go up and down consistently on Cam Newton ever since his MVP season. Before that, it was up and down on Cam Newton all the time. What do you think we're getting this year? Good Cam or bad Cam? What have you seen in the evolution of his game? Hey, good morning, Clay. I think I think overall we're getting a lot of good Cam. Um, I think it's been interesting because North Turner going in to be the offensive coordinator, you know how it is. We take a snapshot of someone, we decide this is who they are, and that's how it's going to be forevermore. And we always forget that the best coaches out there evolve and change constantly. You know, Tom Izzo always talked about you have to do that as a college coach because the kids are always going to be the same age while you continue to get older. So you better stay in touch, you better stay, you know, relevant, et cetera. People act like North Turner only coached Troy Aikman, and it was one way to play quarterback, and that was how it was going to be. Check the evolution of his career. Check the number of guys who have played for him. You'll see he's had running quarterbacks. He's had mobile quarterbacks. He's had pocket quarterbacks. He's had it all. And with Cam, he's got a mashup. He's got a guy who can throw from the pocket. He's got a guy who can get out of the pocket. And they're working to try and create an offense that plays to both of those strengths. Cam's completion percentage is higher than than it's been in a long, long time. It's going to be one of the best ones he's had if he stays on this rate. He's still continuing to run the football. I think for the Panthers, Bell, they've got to find a way to push it downfield, which is something Cam did very well in his MVP year, Clyde. Had a lot of big shots downfield off of their run game. They don't have that so far this year. But I'm wondering if the rookie DJ Moore will get going, the young receiver Curtis Samuel who can fly, if they can get him going. Then they'll have some people that can throw the ball to downfield because Torrey Smith is probably their best deep threat now, but he's not the same Torrey Smith he would have been, he would have been at 24. You know how that goes. I'm in London. I know I texted with you some about you getting to call a game over here. Do you think the NFL will have a full-time team in London in the next five to ten years? The NFL can do what it wants to. You and I both know that. They can go ahead and say we're going to place a team there and and feel like they can make it work. The NFL is smart enough to be calculating and do all the right surveys. My, 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 My poll on it is very unscientific, Clay. All right? So when I was over here, I mean, when I was when I was in London, I actually met with someone from my hometown of New Paltz, New York, who's been in London for 30 years and has lived <laughs> there. And I just kind of took his pulse on it. I said, you know, I, you and I are just one person, so we don't count as a scientist, but what do you think? And his, his feeling is that American football is extremely popular, but so many people have so many different allegiances. He said there are a bunch of expats. There are a lot of people like this team, this team, this team. He said, I don't know if one team becomes London's team. He said it could, but I'm not sure that it would. So it was interesting to get his perspective on it. He said there's so many people who just love American football, but not necessarily beholden. And so I thought it was interesting because the one game I called 
was Miami and New Orleans. And on my way to the stadium and at the stadium, Clay, I think you probably noticed it as well, people are going to these games, but the jerseys and the allegiances that they're showing aren't necessarily the teams that are playing. You know, I actually saw someone, and, and the Raiders weren't playing in my game. I've never seen this before. I saw a person in a Gabe Jackson 66 Oakland Raiders jersey. I mean, Gabe Jackson, an offensive guard. <laughs> was someone I don't even know who Gabe Jackson was. In London. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's, that, that's really cool. And I'm not sure Gabe can find a number 66 in Oakland that someone is wearing. So it was very interesting. When uh, you, you, it, it is intriguing, and I, I'm like you. I like to talk to people. They have no idea who who I am or what I do. Even the cab driver driving me over here to do the show this morning from the studio, yeah. um, and I'm just kind of quizzing him because you find I'm sure as well. Cab drivers tend to be male. They tend to be sports fans. And whatever city that you're in, you know, they, you can talk about sports in any city in the world, I think, almost, with a cab driver because they yep. tend to be sports fans in general. And just try to get the vibe on the city sports scene without them necessarily knowing at all who you are. And so I talked, probably had 15 different cab drivers since I've gotten over here. Every one of them, to a man, Charles, has said, yeah, I think an NFL team would do well here. Now, yep. they also said something very similar to what your friend said, which is, when you go to these games, uh, you will see teams, every fan base represented. So it almost is a carnival of the NFL more than its affiliation with any one team or one player, which is the case in most NFL stadiums, right? There's a jersey that predominates. Yeah. There's a player that's the most popular. Uh, and it's rare if you go to, like you're calling this weekend, uh, Carolina-Philly. If a guy shows up in an Eli Manning jersey at that game, it's going to be a strange behavior, right? Whereas yeah, no there will be, probably be a bunch of you know Manning, either Peyton or Eli jerseys in uh, tomorrow's game here or Sunday's game between the Chargers and the Titans. So I do think that's intriguing. Let's go uh, to, to Philly. You, you're calling the Carolina. You've seen Carolina play a couple of times. You've got a pretty good read on that team. Do you have a read yet on the Eagles and what they're doing as they attempt to defend their Super Bowl championship? No, I don't have a real read, but I'm, I have an anticipation. And my anticipation, Clay, is that they're starting to get their legs back under them, for, for lack of a better term. And I, I think every team goes through this, and from the outside watching it, you say to yourself, how does no one ever get it? Well, I have to say to myself, for the same reason that every child that's born in this world, we try and give them the life lessons earlier, and they don't grasp them until they are of age. Does that make sense? Like, you know, totally. we say, yes. every person always says the same thing. Boy, if I'd only known that, you know, if I'd only applied then, but if I'd only listened. Well, what I'm saying is every Super Bowl champion knows that every team in the league is coming for them, right? They all know that they're going to get circled on, on, on the schedule. They all know the effort's going to be fanatical. They all know these things. Yet every year, everyone has to struggle with it. Okay. Oh, my God, they're really playing hard. You know it until you get into it. Well, I think the Eagles have kind of weathered that early storm. They've got their quarterback back now. Alshon Jeffrey's back. Zach Ertz is playing out of his mind on offense. The defense has been phenomenal against the run. I think Fletcher Cox is playing the best defense tackle in the league this side of Aaron Donald. That's how good he has been. They've had their struggles on the back end, but they're working towards it. And the Giants... Last Thursday, say what you want to about the Giants. The Eagles needed that game. It was a get-right game. Then they got a little bit of a mini break because they had they played Thursday. This is going to be a very physical, tough, tough game. 
both teams need it. But I think Philadelphia's past the idea now of, oh, my God, people are really coming after us. I think they've got that part figured out. Talking to Charles Davis at CFD22, the voice of Madden, as my kids are always uh, quick to say whenever they hear his voice anywhere. Where were you for the Tennessee at Auburn game? And did you get to watch it live? And what was your reaction? I was in D.C., is in our nation's capital, getting ready for my game. And we were in our conference room um, on Saturday, and I was down there getting some work done. And one of my colleagues was looking through, and, oh, hey, hey, Davis, there's Tennessee Auburn. Oh, great. And it was the first drive of the game for Auburn where they just went downfield and scored. Yeah. I said, oh, boy, great start. <laughs> and so we were doing some stuff. I left for a while, came back, and then realized we had a ball game going on. And then I was able to lock in mainly mid-third quarter on. And my impression was just take aside the victory. Just that they played they played hard and hung in there for four quarters. And that's more of what I expected in the Florida game because I'm still not overly convinced that Florida's talent is way better than ours. We were lousy that night. <laughs> and Florida capitalized on it, so don't think I'm taking away any credit from Florida. They did what they were supposed to do, and they did it pretty darn well. But we made so many crazy errors in that game. I'd love to see us play them and play it even, so to speak. Florida might still be better, but I don't think they were better by the margin that, that we saw. So now it just gives, gives me hope, and I think it gives all of our Tennessee fans hope that we will play and compete in all the games we play the rest of the year. I, I don't have any illusions about our, our third Saturday in October. I have no illusions about that one. That's Alabama, and that's a different class right now. But everyone else that I was worried about, I think that we can compete with anyone else left on our schedule, and that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, we're talking to Charles Davis. You've been calling NFL games for a while. Before that, you called college football. You've been calling games for uh, several years now at, at a high level. Do you feel like the NFL, the final question for you here, do you feel like yeah. the NFL has got its groove back? Like after a couple of years where it seemed like all we talked about was off-the-field related issues, whether it's the protests, the concussion issues, it was like the NFL had one body blow after another that had nothing to do with the product on the field itself. I feel like as a fan and as a guy who does sports talk radio that now my audience is like, okay, the NFL has weathered the storm and we're back to talking about on-the-field-related product issues. And the product's been pretty good. Do you get that sense calling games? Can you feel that? I can. I can feel it calling them, Clay. I can feel it talking with people. I can feel it flying. And people are like, what? Flying? What are you talking about? You know how the TVs are in the, you know, the in a lot of the airplanes now. So you take a oh, flight, yeah. everybody plugs in. You know, last year when I would fly, and again, unscientific poll, right? It's just one person. When I would fly, I would not see as many TVs tuned in to the NFL game when I would fly during that time. You know, the Sunday night game after I did mine. Last week, that New England Kansas City game. Okay, Grant, this yep. Tom Brady. I get it. I'm telling you, where I was sitting in my area, 90% of the TVs were on that game. Yeah, and that's when it—that's when I knew for sure that NFL's kind of got its groove back. And even the issues that last year would have set off a firestorm, we're just kind of moving past them, or people are acknowledging them, but no one is going up in arms because you know Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson are still taking a knee. Eric Reed's taking a knee, okay, in, in Carolina. When's the last time anyone talked about it? Yeah. You know, people are talking about the games. And Sunday night, New England, Kansas City, and Monday night, Green Bay, San Francisco, 
I think serve as perfect examples of, wow, we're getting really good football games, and this is what we're enjoying. We enjoyed Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes' duel. We enjoyed Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers again, and it was a whole lot of fun on back-to-back nights. Outstanding stuff as always, my man. Appreciate you waking up early with us. Good luck with that uh, Carolina-Philly game. We'll be watching, and we'll talk to you next week. You take care of yourself. Corner kick the coverage. I love it. <laughs> that is uh, Charles Davis. Go follow him, CFD22. Final segment of the hour coming up next. I want to dive in with the L.A. crew, get their pulse on what's bigger, Dodgers or LeBron, and also talk about the Red Sox into the World Series and We'll talk a little bit more about my idea of the Chargers effectively moving to London. Get them out of L.A. Doesn't make any sense there. Is that a crazy idea? All that and more we'll discuss coming up next here live from London. It's the Geico Outkick Studios on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. I'm in London this week in advance of Sunday's Titans-Chargers game. For people who are listening on 104.5 The Zone this morning in Nashville, I'll also be doing a one-hour sit-down with the guys on the Midday 180 there in Nashville who are coming over to broadcast and do their uh, show from London. And if you are out there right now and maybe you're making the trip over, and uh, maybe there are some people who are going to manage to do that. I'll be at live doing a show at a, a, a pretty cool location. And that location is, I'm going to tell you, trust me, I promise. That location is a particular pub that is called, let's see, what's that pub called? It is called the Barrow Boy and Banker Pub. I never have any idea where people are listening. I know millions of you are downloading the podcast. If you happen to be in London, you're coming in for the Chargers game, or you're coming in for the Titans game. I'm going to do an hour of live radio at the Barrow Boy and Banker Pub. That's 8 Borough High Street in London at uh, at 4 o'clock in London time. I have no idea what time zone it is, wherever you guys are. But anyway, that's going on later. This football tour, uh, the fall football tour, brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger for the ones who get it done. And uh, last night, I tweeted about LeBron uh, and the Lakers' debut and also the lack of interest in the NBA without LeBron. And Liz Habib, who does, uh, she's a sports anchor with Fox LA, said this, which I thought was interesting. I want to get Danny G's uh, uh, read on this. A lot of the media that cover the NBA, uh, ESPN, they pay for rights. Rights holders are often cheerleaders. They pimp coverage to drive ratings. For example, LeBron isn't the biggest story in LA yet. The Dodgers are. You might not know that watching national TV. Danny G and crew in LA. How much bigger is the Dodgers in the NLCS right now than LeBron starting off his career with the Lakers? I think it would be Dodgers 1, LeBron and the Lakers 2, and then the Los Angeles Rams 3. That's Okay, how much bigger would right now the interest in the Dodgers in LA, LA be than the interest in LeBron and the Lakers? Uh, is it 4 to 1? Is it 5 to 1? Like how would you assess it? I would say 3 to 1. But the gap is narrowing because of how the season started last night. And the Dodgers obviously had a day off, the series resuming tonight. So now it's going to be all about the Dodgers again today. That's kind of how it's been going. It's back and forth between the Dodgers and LeBron. Dodgers at least 2-1. to one. 
do you think the Dodgers will close out the series tonight? They are a small favorite on the road against Milwaukee. I think so, because Ryu has been one of the strongest pitchers for the Dodgers, and the Brewers were still a little confused about what they're doing with their starting pitcher. Wade Miley gets a back-to-back start. Impressive, unless it's not, because the Brewers pulled him after five pitches on Wednesday. Here's the one wild card. If Hader gets in that game and shuts down the Dodgers for half the game, then there's some problems for L.A. But if they can get to Miley early and get a lead, then I think the Dodgers will win game six. What's the expectation for who would pitch in game seven if that should arise? It would be Walker Bueller. But, uh, boy, if it, if it was me, I would try to go to another Dodger starter if I could. You go, See, to, you go to Walker Bueller or probably Rich Hill. Yeah, if Rich Hill was available, I would go to Rich Hill because he's a gamer and he's a veteran. Walker throws pure heat, Clay, but what's been going on with him is the Brewers are really good hitters. When Walker doesn't hit his spots, that's when uh, the Brewers were able to get to Walker. So if I'm the Dodgers manager, I'm going to go with Hill for Game 7. All right, here is what's going to happen in hour two. We usually on Wednesday do me solving every problem in the OutKick audience. Everybody out there uh, who is aware, we do an anonymous mailbag. It's written usually every Tuesday. I didn't do it this week because I'm in London. I've been running around with my family. We spent yesterday at Legoland, which was awesome. The boys absolutely loved it. But I will solve every problem in your life. Here is the issue. You guys have to call, and my guy Dub has to field your calls and line them all up for you. So that's what we're going to do in hour two right now. I am solving every issue. Can be sports-related, can be relationship-related. I solve. I believe I am the King Solomon of the internet and the King Solomon also of radio. That means much like King Solomon, I can solve any problem due to my great judgment. 877-996-6369. You call up right now, double line you up, and I will solve all of your problems in the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. Any topic, any subject, I will make your world a better place. 877-996-6369. In hour three, for those of you listening on the podcast, going to be joined by Joel Klatt. He, I believe, is calling Michigan, Michigan State this weekend for Fox. Huge game in the Big Ten. He's going to join us live in Hour 3. That's the roadmap for the final two hours. Plus, I'll be giving you all my gambling picks in the final segment of Hour 3, as I always do. That is the plan. 877-996-6369. Call now. Let me solve your problems. Hour 1 in the books. The Anonymous Mailbag next on OutKick. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. I am now in London. I have been here all week. I'll actually miss Monday's show. Jason Martin and Jeff Shorts will sit in. I'll be flying back. Had an incredible time over here gearing up for the Titans-Chargers game. I just floated my solution to how to deal with the fact that nobody likes the Chargers. Nobody in Los Angeles is interested at all in the Chargers. Reports are nobody's signing up for their season tickets. LA really only wanted one NFL team, and the Rams got there first, and they have soaked up all the attention. They've got the better franchise. They have got the better situation. So my solution is, effectively move the Chargers to London. 
And in the process, here's what you could do. Jacksonville, it seems clear, wants to move to London. If Jacksonville wants to move to London, move the Chargers to Jacksonville, bump the Jacksonville to uh, to London, where it seems clear their owner, Shad Khan, wants to be. And then you prevent Jacksonville from losing a team. You also then bump the Houston Texans to the AFC West. And you put the London team in the AFC South, even though geographically it doesn't make a lot of sense. Then you've got everything preserved and you've got 32 teams and you're able to go after the European market and see whether or not there's enough interest. I think London is like a, a an opportunity for the NFL to dip its toe in the uh, Europe market. London, not that much different from New York. And if it went well in London, maybe they could eventually have a European division like they tried years ago with the with the NFL Europe. Maybe eventually they could have a uh, concept where they had a European division. Maybe you get teams in multiple cities and figure out how much interest there is in American football in Europe. And then you have your own division where those teams can all play and you can expand the American football footprint. We'll see whether or not that ends up happening. That's my idea. All right. We are doing the anonymous mailbag. I'm going to do the anonymous mailbag live here in hour two, 877-996-6369 for everybody out there. I can solve all of your problems in life. And so Dub is fielding the calls and uh, I think this will go well, although it's a little bit of a a moving uh, situation. Usually we do this on Wednesday. I wasn't on the air in hour two on Wednesday, so we're going to do it in hour two on Friday. You're planning out the rest of the show. You're listening on the podcast. This is one of the most popular segments we do. And in hour three, we're going to be joined by Joel Klatt. You'll get all your gambling picks and everything else. That is where we are headed. 877-996-6369. Cue the music, boys. It's time for the Anonymous Mailbag, live on OutKick. You've got mail, mother... Anonymous Mailbag! If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. All right, Dub needs to let me know. In what order should we take these calls? I'm sure he's fielding a bunch of them right now. Dub, who should we go to first? We got a few on hold right now. Let's start off in Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York, what is your problem? How can I solve it? Hey, Clay, I got a delicate situation here. Uh, recently made a cross-country move with my family. Uh, before I moved, my wife and I were both working full-time, and she's she decided when we moved, she was going to stay home with the kids full-time. Uh, initially, I was pretty excited about it, um, but now it's almost like the house is dirtier when I get home. Um, Dinner is rarely cooked, and I just don't see the advantage at this point, but I really don't know how to broach it. All right, so let me ask you a couple of questions here. How old are your kids? Two and four. So neither one of them are in school yet. Your wife is taking care of them full-time. Before that, I'm assuming they were in daycare somewhere before you moved to Buffalo? Yep, and that was a major you know, decision for her staying home. We were, we were paying a lot of money in daycare. Um, but Okay, let me ask like you this said, financially. You know, every- let, me, let, me, let, me, yeah, let me ask you this, because I've been in this situation. Let me just ask you this financially. How much money did your wife make, and how much money were you having to pay for daycare for two kids? Uh, she was pulling down about sixty-five grand. We were paying two grand a month in daycare. Okay, all right. Uh, here is a, here are my thoughts on this. Um, so when we had our second kid, I've got three. I've got a ten, a, a eight, and a three, a four-year-old. My kids keep getting older. I keep forgetting to bump their ages up. Ten, eight, and four. My wife was working full time, and we had two kids in daycare. She was a guidance counselor at a local high school. 
effectively her entire salary was going to pay for daycare. And I, I think this is one of the great under-discussed stories in American life right now is everybody talks about how expensive college is. In my experience, daycare is more overwhelming in terms of a cost for a lot of families than college would be. For instance, when my kids were in daycare, I would have given anything, okay? I would have given anything to only have to pay for them to be in college because the daycare cost way more than tuition to college in Tennessee would have cost my kids. And so ultimately, my wife stopped working. Our life got a billion percent better and our financial situation didn't change very much because almost her entire salary was going to pay for daycare. Um, now, I will say this. Taking care of a two-year-old and a four-year-old, to me, is worse than having a full-time job. If you told me right now, Clay Travis, you can go work full-time or you can take care of a two- and four-year-old all day long every day, I would rather work. So the idea that a stay-at-home mom is not working, not true. So I think probably what your wife is dealing with is the stress associated with taking care of a two- and a four-year-old. So what I would do if I were you in Buffalo is I would sit her down, go out for dinner, get a nice dinner, get a babysitter, and be like, hey, is this overwhelming for you to now be taking care of the two- and the four-year-old all day long? Do you feel less fulfilled and less gratified than you did when you had a job? Because you guys were netting 40K positive with what your cost was on daycare. Give her the option. Say, look, if you would rather be working, I want you to be happy. I want our family to be happy. Things will change, obviously, when your four-year-old gets into kindergarten and she only had one kid. Then I think her life might be better. I think she's probably overwhelmed, and I think you probably had too high of expectations that the house was going to be cleaner when there were young kids there all day and that she was going to have meals ready. It sounds to me like your wife's just overwhelmed taking care of those two young kids and might prefer to go back to work, which might be a better financial situation for you. Uh, and so I would offer that as an opportunity, but do it in a way that is supportive as opposed to a way where it feels like you are attacking her. That is my advice. 877-996-6369. I feel like there's a lot of couples out there that make that decision about whether or not one or the other of you. Sometimes it's the guy. Sometimes the woman is making a lot more money than the man now, and you're sitting around saying, we're spending so much on childcare. Would it make more sense for one of us not to be kind of in the middle of the rat race every day when you got young kids? Uh, 877-996-6369. Dub, can you field calls while also potting people up? I'm not sure on the technology here. Absolutely. I'm a magic man with this phone now, Clay. It's it's been a many days since my first day. Yeah, well, Jason Martin would always complain and be like, I, "It's impossible to point uh, to put put somebody up as to uh, take a call and also field a call." So you're already above Jason Martin. Who's up next? We got St. Louis up next. St. Louis, what you got for me? Yeah, uh, so I have been with my ex girlfriend for over two years. I was looking at houses, bought an engagement ring, and took her on a trip to Mexico where I was supposed to propose. She broke up with me a week before that. And then I didn't know what to do. So now I'm talking to a new girl, not as hot. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I'm still talking to the ex. How, how, so you dated your ex for two years. What did you do with the engagement ring? Uh, I still have it. How long have you been broken up with the ex? Uh, four months. Why did she break up with you? Uh, she said I wasn't, uh, 
emotionally available as she wanted. And she also so lives with her mom and is very family-oriented, and I am not that way. Okay, so she wanted you to be emotionally available, and she didn't think that you proposing and, and, and coming up with the idea to spend the rest of your life with her was uh, potential. Now, does she know that you had an engagement ring and were planning to propose? No. Okay. Uh, and so you're dating another girl. Well, first of all, you've only been broken up. Well, I'm not dating the other girl. I just I found another girl, and it's a side piece kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Well, first of all, I would encourage you to keep the side piece going. Some people are going to say, oh, you should not know. I think that having another girl to kind of give you some of, distract you from like obsessing over the prior relationship is actually good, even if you're trying to get back with the other girlfriend. Because if the other girlfriend, I'm just telling you, if the other girlfriend sees you out with another girl and is aware, oh, this guy is actually, uh, you know, like has some interest and has some, some, uh, some, you know, like, interest in from other women oftentimes that's the best way to get another woman right it's it's like anything every guy knows that women judge men not just based on what they think of them but based on what other women think of them because women much more so than men i think when it comes to relationships compete with other women like every woman out there is thinking to herself like i want this man that i'm with to be desired by other women Right? I mean, that's just the way women think. Men, I don't think, spend as much time thinking about that. We're more focused on ourselves. I think male competition is more oftentimes like readily apparent. Like we're playing in a sport or I'm trying to make more money than you or I'm trying to outwork you at, at, at a job. Male competition, I feel like, is much more above board. Female competition is very much like hidden. You know, like, oh, it's cutting commentary. Oh, it's like very social based. So being with another woman, if she is a good looking and desirable woman, is likely to make your fiance rethink her decision making. I also think, I also think you having bought a uh, engagement ring, I think I probably would have played the engagement ring uh, card when she was trying to break up with me. I think I'd have been like, you think I'm emotionally unavailable. I just went and bought you an engagement ring to commit to you for the rest of my life. And now you're breaking up with me a week before we were supposed to go to Mexico and I was going to propose to you. Now, I don't think you want to get engaged and get married really quickly because obviously she has all these issues. But to me, this is a, this is a, a play. I think keeping the side piece is fine. Don't talk to the other girl that much. Make her come back to you and realize what a good fit you are. The other thing I would say is, I would be happy that she broke up with you before you gave her the engagement ring. Because if you had given her the engagement ring and then she broke up with you, then you're in a messy situation. You got to get back the engagement ring and everything else. So my advice would be make her jealous. That's my advice. Jealousy works really well when you can get a woman stirred up and make her jealous. Uh, Who else we got? Who's next, Dub? Uh, Well, Alabama just dropped, so let's go to Spokane. Spokane, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, uh, stay away from the Guinness while you're over there, okay? Oh, I'm already all in it. Okay, and uh, one one point, uh, you were really interested in the lion or tiger stuff. There's a book called Man Eaters of Kumon about a guy by James Parker who hunted uh, tigers. Now, awesome, my, I'll be on it. Uh, quest- it's a very good book, it's a very old book. It's a 1950s book, but it's really good, really explains it. Okay, my Perfect. question is, 
uh, to set the stage. I'm 67, retired military, and I got a 15-year-old daughter who wants to go to a drag queen show. Who is she going Would with? Would you allow that? Who is What's she that? going with? Who's she going with? Her, uh, she's going with another girlfriend. Uh, okay, and 15, I don't know. Is she, uh, like, is she open about her sexuality? I mean, is she, like, is she a lesbian? Do we know, uh, like, does she identify in some way? Or is this she, I, I'm just kind of curious, do you have any knowledge of that? I don't think she is. I don't think she's, she's fairly comfortable with it. The problem was, is I have to be a little bit cautious because last year uh, at our local school, just a little dinky school, out in the middle of nowhere, we had a shooting with one dead and three wounded, and it's really scarred her, so you have to kind of be a little bit aware of that. But on the sexuality part, I think she, she's got a boyfriend who's a decent guy. She seems to be um, that. I don't think she's a lesbian or anything like that. Yeah, okay. Well, so here's my concern in general. It's that she's 15. Like, so when I think about what I would permit my kids to do, a lot of what I, and they're young, so they're not making decisions like this. A lot is not necessarily where she's going. Like, I don't think the drag show in and of itself is a, is a no for me. It would be, what is the crowd like at the drag show? And the reason why I asked about her sexuality was, well, if she's a lesbian or she has said to you that she is gay, then I think it may be an attempt by her to find other people like her. You said you're in a small town. It's not so much about the event as it is just feeling like she's not abnormal. And so that is an, that, that's a big aspect of the decision-making. So I would be concerned personally about the average age of the people at the drag show, right? And so the, the drag show to me is secondary to... Is there going to be a lot of drinking at this event? Are there going to be potentially drugs? Is the average age going to be far north of her 15? And the average age of a person there going to be 22, 23, 28, whatever that age range is. So that would be my focus is make it not about where she's going. Because I appreciate if I were the dad, I would appreciate the fact that she is telling you where she is going and not trying to lie and go somewhere else. I would just quiz her about all of those aspects associated with this event. How old are people going to be there? How do you get in? Is there an age limit? You know, do you have to be 18 to get in? How are you going to do that? Are you trying to get in with a fake ID? All of those would be the questions. I would be less concerned about the event itself uh, than I would the age range of the people that are going to be there. Just like if she had come to you and she said, hey, dad, I want to go to this biker's convention. I'd be like, well, I mean, I don't necessarily think that's a great call for a 15-year-old girl because I don't want my 15-year-old girl to be surrounded by a bunch of 50-year-old bikers who are drinking heavily and behaving in ways that would probably be inappropriate for 15-year-olds to be surrounded by. So that would be the angle. I would I would spend less time focused on the drag show aspect with her and, first of all, thank her for being straightforward and honest about what she's going to be. I've been to drag shows, right? Uh, I, I don't think of them as being like dangerous places to be, but I did it as an adult, right? I wouldn't have wanted, I wouldn't want my 15 year old son to go because of the age range of the people that are going to be there. I think that's uh, I, I think that's a pretty easy analysis there. All right. What else we got, Dub? We got Alabama up next. Alabama, what you got for me? Uh... Is it just me or in states where it appears 
based on all the evidence, there are a lot of low education people. And I live in Tennessee. There's a lot of low education people in Tennessee. Does it not seem like the callers have more difficulty actually getting on the show in those states? Like 90% of the time, it seems like Kentucky or Alabama is the location when somebody can't speak when we go to them. He dropped about three times while, while he was on hold. Yeah. Here's my other thing. I'm in London right now. I have been all over London, and my uh, cell phone works flawlessly. Yesterday, I did the entire show because the telephone in my hotel room broke and didn't get a single complaint, didn't get a single blip. Why is it that European cell phones are more reliable? Why can you call me from L.A. on my cell phone in England, exact same cell phone that I use in the United States, and it's more reliable? I don't get it. All right, uh, 877-996-6369. We'll take a couple more of your calls on uh, the flip side here. This is the Anonymous Mailbag live on the radio. You can always react at Clay Travis if you think I'm giving bad advice or good advice. I can read some of those as well. I am, again, the King Solomon of the Internet and the King Solomon of radio. Again, you can load them up with uh, with dub 877-996-6369. We're also going to talk to John Campbell uh, from Odd Shark, get a little bit of gambling uh, predictions and tips as we go into the NFL and the college football weekend. But first, I want to tell you right now, we are brought to you by Granger. They are America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. We'll be back uh, on the flip side here. More of your anonymous mailbag calls, as well as my guy John Campbell with gambling tips on the NFL and for college uh, college football. All that and more. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, the list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And we're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. Going to take your calls, solving all the problems of the world on the anonymous mailbag live. But first, let me go ahead and bring in my guy, Ralph Irvin, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Thank you very much, Clay. And the Boston Red Sox are on their way to the World Series. They beat Houston Thursday night 4-1, clinching the American League pennant and taking the series four games to one. David Price was dominant. He earned his first ever postseason win, going six innings, striking out nine and giving up just three hits. Next will be either the Dodgers or Brewers. They'll play game six of their series later today. Thursday night was also the kickoff of week seven of the NFL season. Denver beat up Arizona 45-10. The Broncos forced five turnovers and they end their four-game losing streak. We go to the Geico NBA scoreboard where LeBron James made his debut with the Lakers in Portland. Didn't go as planned, though. And there is the buzzer, and the Blazers extend their NBA record opening game home opener win streak to 18. They win their 16th game in a row against the Lakers as they take this one 128 to 119. That's FSR affiliate KPOJ and the Blazers radio network with the call as LeBron did have 26 in the loss. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience in the other two games. Miami got by Washington 113-112, and Philadelphia humbled Chicago 127-108. Now let's get back to the Geico Outkick London Studios and Clay Travis. 
We are indeed here in the Geico London Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And as we said, I'm in London this week in advance of Sunday's Titans-Chargers game. Fall football tour brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, speaking of getting it done, let's go to the calls. Dub, who should we go to first? We got Vermont up next. Vermont, what problem can I solve for you? Hey, how are you, Clay? I'm excellent. Good. So uh, my wife and I have been married for about 10 years, and over the last six months or so, um, you know, she does some uh, rearranging, cleaning around the house, um, and asks for my opinion, or or I'll walk into a room and it'll be completely differently, and I'll say, "What What are you doing? This uh, I, This is nothing that I would expect." And then we get kind of get in an argument about it, and or other times she'll ask for my opinion, uh, and I'll say something, and we'll get in an argument. It's almost like she's baiting me into an argument. So I started to say, "I'm not going to have this discussion right now because um, you're baiting me into an argument." I decided to stop. Stop arguing, stop uh, talking when um, she was trying to do that. And now she's saying that I don't talk to her anymore. So yeah, uh, I'm feeling like really, really boxed in here. Well, welcome to marriage, uh, first of all. Secondly, when you got married, you should have decided that you didn't care about where anything was located in the house. That I, I don't know why men, thanks for the call, by the way, I, you just have to give up. All right. I can tell you the number of times, I bet every man who is listening to me right now, has had his wife say, hey, can you move this dresser over to that wall? And you like risk your back and you bust your ass and you get the dresser over to that wall. And she's like, you know what? I don't like it there. Can you move it back to where it was before? I don't know why it is, but women feel compelled to move furniture in houses when the furniture is already in a perfectly good place. If she's moving it without you being involved, consider yourself to be lucky and just deal with it. That's my advice. These are not fights worth having. If she asks you whether or not you like the way the furniture is set up now compared to the last, you always say yes, even if you hate it. As long as you can see the television from the couch, you have nothing to complain about. Alabama, you're up next. What you got? Clay, I need your sage wisdom. About 18 months ago, I took a new director-level role, and in that 18 months, the company's seen some wild growth. We've had private equity firms sniffing around, had other buyers looking to come take the company over under their wing. I've recently got a call from my, my previous company. They want me to come back, take a leadership-level role, and uh, it's going to provide more money in the short term, longevity, stability. But I've got the upside where I'm at now, but the high volatility of it being purchased and bought out by a private equity firm. All right. Other so here's the question. This is always. Yeah. All right. I got your I got your scenario. This is about risk reward. How much money can you make in the best case scenario in your mind at the current job that you have? It can significantly outweigh what I can back where I was. With the upside and a potential buyout at the private equity at the private equity firm, but significantly more means like five times as much, ten times as much, like two times as much, like we'll significantly five. five times as much, and if, and the other job is more reliable and you'll still make uh, good money, but it's not it doesn't offer the upside. How old are you? Thirty six. How, how many kids do you have? Three. Does your and they're relatively young, I would imagine. If you're 36, does your wife work at all, or are you the sole income earner? Sole earner. 
Yeah. All right. So these are good. This is, I think these are a good, good question here. I feel like a lot of guys and women as well get into these positions where you're trying to weigh best case, worst case, right? Best case scenario, you could make five times as much money in the job you're in right now. Worst case scenario, you could end up uh, you know, losing your job. It's very volatile. And as a result, you're looking for a job and you're in a tough situation. At 36, I would be inclined to roll the dice on five times in my money. And the reason why I would say that is at 36, there are a lot of other jobs you could still go do. In fact, I think that safe job that you could get an opportunity at right now probably would still be interested in you in a couple of years if things did not go well at your current job. So my advice at 36. Now, if you were 56, my advice would probably be go take the safe job. Because the last thing you want to get at 56 as you get closer to retirement is suddenly the, the rug gets pulled out from underneath your, your, your feet. Now, if you like the job that you've got now and the payoff is potentially much higher than you can handle the stress and the uncertainty and everything else, then I go with the potential payoff. Because five times as much money is a big difference in terms of what it could mean to your lifestyle. That's my advice there. North Carolina, what you got for me? All right, we got to move on from North Carolina. I don't know what happened there. Uh, let's go to Vermont again. What you got for me, Vermont? Hey, Clay, big fan. Appreciate that. So, so here's my my situation here. Um, my wife and I have been married for almost four years. Um, we both have infertility issues and and whatnot. Well, we finally saved up enough money, and with my insurance now. Um, we're going through an IVF. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you know, but it's very expensive. We're talking eight to ten thousand here. Yep. Um, my question is, she is just over the moon excited, and we're only maybe a month into it. She's, we got a picture of our embryos and whatnot, and she's reading books to it. And, like, my question is, how do I stay reserved in case it doesn't, you know, happen. But at the same time, I still want to get excited, but I know I have to be her rock if it it doesn't, you know. Uh, I totally get that. Well, first of all, good luck to you uh, because the process of becoming a parent is incredible, as many people who are listening to me right now can attest. What I have always read and always been told and also agree with is, Until you are through the first trimester, don't tell anyone and don't get too excited because it is so common for things to go awry, for there to be miscarriages, for there to be challenges associated with the any pregnancy, but particularly when it's a a challenging pregnancy and you guys have had to save up a lot of money to be able to do this. So I would say you, uh, you you can be her rock, and I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, but you don't need to drive her enthusiasm to a different level. At the same time, you don't need to pull down her enthusiasm. But you yourself, I would say, need to psychologically prepare for if things might go wrong. And what I mean by that is if you're going to be her rock, it's going to be devastating to her if things go wrong with this pregnancy, and she's going to rely on you. So I'm sure you're excited about the prospect of being a father and everything else. What I would tell you is, presume the worst and hope for the best 
And if you presume the worst is going to happen, then you are not going to be overwhelmed if the worst happens when both of you suddenly go from euphoria to tanking simultaneously. You need to be the person who can help hold her up. That would be my advice. I think you're already approaching it in the right way. Best of luck to both of you. Salt Lake City, what's up? Hey, Clay. Long time, first time. Love your show. Uh, First off, I just wanted to agree with you on uh, one of your first callers. My wife stays at home and takes care of a five-year-old and two three-year-olds, and they can destroy my house in about five minutes after about three hours of cleaning. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Uh, I listen to you all the time, and I'm sure I've just missed it, but I'm a big jazz fan. I'm curious what your take is on the jazz, Donovan Mitchell, and where you think they'll finish in the West. Yeah, well, first of all, this is not necessary for the anonymous mailbag. I think if you break down the West right now, the Warriors are by far, a, I think, a prohibitive favorite. The Jazz have been in that 4-5 spot for a couple of years now. I think they're probably right there in that 4-5 spot. It wouldn't surprise me if they end up going against the Lakers in a first-round matchup. I think if you look at that situation overall, right? I mean, Oklahoma City, we'll see whether or not they can kind of, now that they've got everything rolling, when Rep Westbrook eventually comes back and is healthy, we'll see what their ceiling is. The Spurs, I feel like, have fallen off substantially. I don't believe in the Trailblazers, even though they beat the Lakers uh, yesterday or last night. I don't really believe that much in the Rockets. I know a lot of people want to believe in the Rockets. I think the Rockets are a clear two to the Warriors still. I just think the Warriors are there, and if you're a Jazz fan, or frankly, if you're a fan of anybody else, what you're looking forward to is hopefully, for your case, Durant leaving and the Warriors eventually breaking up. Maybe Clay Thompson leaves. You need that cadre of four superstars to come undone in order for the NBA season, to me, to have any real excitement. Uh, let's see. Who's up next? i got time for a couple more here. I think uh, North Indiana. Carolina. Who do you go to? North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. Is North Carolina working again? Here we go. Hey, how's it going, Clay? Can you hear me now? I got you. Okay, good deal. All right, so I kind of, you know, I've been watching your show, Lock It In, and listening for a long time. I'm going, I fly to Vegas tomorrow, and so I got the, and I'm still a relatively new sports better. I got a a Ford, Ford Parlay, and I was wondering if you think I need to chill or you think this is not bad. All right, well, so the I first mean, one I have is – go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Quit, hit your parlay in a hurry. Okay, yeah, I got the uh, the Chargers, the Saints, the Colts, and Atlanta. Okay. Um, so, first of all, I always tell – thanks for the call. I always tell people, I know that professional gamblers like Todd Furman, my buddy, is like never play a parlay card. I disagree. I think most people gamble for fun, and you want a decent payoff. So he just ran through on a four-team parlay there. I'll give you my parlays uh, in the final segment of the show. I encourage you to hit parlay cards because it allows you to bet on multiple games. And frankly, if you bet four individual games, like he said, and you go two and two or you go three and one and you make 100 bucks, that's great. Wouldn't you rather think about the fact that you might 10 times your money? I would. That's why you play the parlay. It's the same reason you play a uh, like a scratch-off lottery game. It's not because you think it's a great investment. It's because it's worth the fun to you of being able to potentially get a good score. Uh, all right, uh, last call. Let's go to uh, San Antonio. What's up, San Antonio? Hey, Clay. I got a problem here. So I used to have a lot of hair. I'm talking real nice bush up top on my head. But I've been, I've been fading real quick. 
Now, I was wondering, what do you think I should do? I mean, there's many things like nutrition, shampoo, laser light therapy. Any suggestions on what are I Are you do? married? Are you married? No. No. Uh, how old are you? But I still get the ladies. Don't, don't you think I don't? <laughs> how old are you? 24. 20, okay. Thanks for the call. I think if you're going bald at 24, you don't want to go bald at 24. Like if you're 44 and you're married and you don't have any issues at all with uh, with uh, you know your wife being like I hate you when you're bald, then I think you just go bald like a gentleman. You just let your hair kind of go. It's not that big of a deal. If you're 24, that's a young age to go bald, and most people don't have like that badass Michael Jordan look or like the uh, Ed Harris look where like you're bald but you still look like you could choke a man out. You, most bald guys look kind of wimpy. I'm gonna be honest with you. And most bald guys don't look good bald. So you either walk around in a baseball cap at 24. I'm not an expert in the bald hair treatment game. But I would tell you that at 24, I would explore everything I could to try to keep my hair. Because there's not a lot of 24-year-old women out there that are like, you know what guy I want to bang? The bald 24-year-old dude. you got to have really good game if you're completely bald at 24 and you're trying to date a 24-year-old girl. She doesn't want to date a guy who looks old and has no hair. If you're 44, you're 54, and you're going bald, no big deal. You're married, you got kids, that's kind of be expected. You're a single guy at 24, I'm trying to keep my hair. All right, we got to go to break. I've got uh, a bunch of uh, ads to hit when we come back. Also, we're going to talk with John Campbell. We'll talk to him at the top of hour three. Uh, but in the meantime, great calls. Anonymous mailbag went fantastically well. You guys are making this a great segment. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage live from... London, thanks to Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. Also, got to tell you, the hottest hiring market that we have ever seen maybe in the history of American life. I don't know about the 1700s, the 1800s, and 1900s. But I can tell you right now, we are at virtually an all-time low when it comes to the unemployment rate in this country. Lowest rate in 50 years, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whoever you are, it's getting harder and harder to find the right people. You know what's smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the United States. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-L-A-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Uh, great job, Anonymous Mailbag. Appreciate all the calls, all the interaction on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. I believe, Danny G, you can confirm this is true. We are rolling right now. Um, this is crazy. We were up in August. Uh, 27% versus last year in terms of listenership. That's because of you guys. That's because of how much uh, this show is growing because you guys are out there saying, hey, make sure you listen to this guy, Clay Travis. He's a good way to start your mornings and because, frankly, the podcast is exploding. Are we on track right now, Danny G, for another record in October? We are. We set the new record last month, and we're on pace right now. I think we're like 15% ahead of where we were at this time last month. 
So we are blowing up in a really good way. I want to thank everybody who works on the show. It's rare uh, that anybody grows at the kind of rate we're growing in Sports Talk Radio, and that's because of you guys and uh, so many of you deciding to start your morning with us and download. And you can hear it in the ads. I mean, we got so many people trying to buy ads on this show right now, I can barely fit them all in, which is a good problem to have because that's how we get paid. Um, all right, so uh, the Lakers last night on L.A. Braun. What do you think the over-under should be for Lakers wins this year? L.A. Braun is going. I think the uh, NBA is going to struggle because they don't have a league. They have a player. But L.A. Braun is out there. They went 0-1. They're going to come back home against the uh, the Rockets and have their home debut, I believe. What's your over-under, Danny G, for Laker wins? You know, yesterday on the show, I was talking 50, but what I mentioned was that they really need a pure shooter. They need a three-point shooter that can spot up, especially for games where LeBron is resting or not doing well. Is Ray Allen willing to unretire? Maybe they <laughs> He's could like trade. 48 now. I know. Or maybe they could trade with the Suns to get Jamal Crawford. That's what they really need because, they, check this out, they could push the tempo. They ran last night. They outscored Portland 34-12 to in fast break points. But their three-point shooting, what was it, five for 25? Horrendous. Josh Hart was the only Laker that could make a three-pointer last night. So that's where the Lakers need to improve. They desperately need to trade for a three-point shooter. Yeah, look, I, I think that uh, that this storyline, and we talked about it some earlier in the show, the NBA ratings on opening night were down 37%. And I think a big reason why that happened was because LeBron James was not playing on the East Coast anymore. And the NBA got used to this idea that they were going to have the ability to really take advantage of LeBron as the lead-in for everybody on the West Coast. Now LeBron's on the West Coast, and 80% of all American population is in the Central or the Eastern time zone. So it's great to do well on the West Coast, but a lot of that was building off of LeBron doing well on the East Coast. And by the way, the Lakers were 7 for 30 for 3 last night. Pretty awful shooting percentage from outside. LeBron obviously likes to be surrounded by spot-up shooters. Maybe they can tr- trade for Kyle Korver and prolong his never-ending uh, never NBA career. All right, final hour of the show up next. We're going to go to Michigan. We'll talk with Joel Klatt about the big Michigan-Michigan uh, State game that is going on. We will also talk with my guy John Campbell, get you some gambling picks, and I will give you my gambling picks to finish off the weekend in the final segment of the show as we do every single Friday. All that still to come. Appreciate y'all. Go download the podcast. Thanks for sharing this show and thanks for helping us to be the fastest growing sports talk show in the country just about. This is Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I'm in London this week in advance of Sunday's Titans Chargers game. The fall football tour brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger for the ones who get it done. Last night, unbelievable, all this different action going on. We had NFL, we had Major League Baseball postseason action, and we had LeBron making his debut in the NBA. All of that taking place. Let's run through for those of you waking up, particularly on the West Coast and starting off your day, what you might have missed last night. First of all, the Boston Red Sox are headed to the World Series. They await the winner of the NLCS, either the LA Dodgers or the Milwaukee Brewers, but here's what it sounded like last night on the Red Sox radio network as the Red Sox closed out the Houston Astros. Kimbrell at the belt. 
He fires. Swinging a fly ball, left field. Benintendi moving back, back toward the wall. He reaches up, he makes the catch. And the Red Sox have won the American League pennant for the 14th time in their history. Andrew Benintendi with the last put out there, mobbing Craig Kimbrell, who got the save tonight. David Price with a win, and the Red Sox are going on to the World Series for the first time since 2013. They beat the Houston Astros in Game 5, 4-1. to one. That's the Red Sox radio network with the Red Sox winning that series against the Astros. The Astros, the defending World Series champs, eliminated a lot of controversy, obviously, in Game 4. Not so much controversy in Game 5. Uh, and after the game, Alex Gore, the manager of the Red Sox, was asked about David Price's performance, and he decided to tee off on the Major League Baseball Network where he had heard somebody saying something not very nice about David Price, which would be relatively easy to do because David Price has been absolutely awful in the postseason so far, but he was pretty good last night. Here is Alex Cora talking about David Price's performance. I don't want to pick battles with the media, but you know, I heard somebody today on TV just blasting David you know, blasting him, calling him the worst pitcher in the postseason. Yeah, the numbers are there, I know, but he didn't hesitate. You know, it was a bad matchup, you know, one of the greatest against the worst and all that. And uh, I don't listen too much to what's going on outside, but that one got me. That one got me. And uh, when he was uh, throwing 94 and the changes, whatever, I was thinking about that segment on MLB Network today. So, I don't know, probably the guy's going to blast me because I'm talking about him, whoever he is. But you know what? Uh, I'm happy David show up today. And... Uh, Tomorrow, we can turn the page and move on to the World Series with David Price. We'll see who the Red Sox are going to be playing. That begins Game 6 on FS1. Uh, the Brewers hosting the Dodgers. The Brewers down 3-2 in that series. They have to win Game 6 and Game 7. Also last night, Josh Rosen was in action. All four of the first rookie quarterbacks taken playing now and starting, with the exception of Josh Allen, who's got an injured elbow. He was not very good last night. And uh, Broncos play-by-play takes us to a Chris Harris Jr. pick six that made it 21-3 and en route to a 35-3 beatdown the Broncos delivered on the Arizona Cardinals. Here is what that pick six sounded like on the Broncos radio network. Shotgun for the rookie quarterback of the UCLA. Two receivers on each side of the formation now. Denver will bring six. Rosen, quick throw. Ball will be intercepted. Chris Harris Jr., 45-40. Chris is on the loose. 30, 25, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Denver! Chris Harris Jr.'s first interception of the season. His 17th of his career. And the fourth touchdown return of an interception. And the Broncos have two pick sixes in the first quarter at State Farm Stadium. That is a uh, intriguing beatdown, and I would say right now we're through seven games for some of the teams. Other teams have still only played six games. Got a couple out there that have played five, but in general, there are four guys playing right now, and I think it's always difficult to judge rookie quarterback performances, but I think if you're slotting these guys in, I think you can make a strong argument for Baker Mayfield as the best. I think you can make a strong argument for Sam Darnold as the best rookie quarterback so far. I think they are clearly the two best of the four rookie quarterbacks that are playing and starting in the NFL right now. Josh Allen, if I'm a Bills fan, not very sold. And I'm also not sold right now on what I have seen from Josh Rosen. Doesn't mean that those guys are going to be bad. Remember, Jared Goff was not very good his first year either. Just that if you're ranking the quarterbacks right now, the rookie quarterbacks, 
Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold have been on a different level compared to Josh Rosen and Josh Allen. It's not like I'm saying the Cardinals and the Bills are great teams either. Just saying of those four guys, there's a clear departure, delineation gap after clearly Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. I actually think Sam Darnold has been a little bit better if you look at the totality of the performances. That's my breakdown. I think Baker Mayfield's been the second best. I think it's hard to choose between Josh Allen and Josh Rosen because they've both been awful. Finally, uh, LeBron James made his debut on the road in Portland. It did not go well, but he did have a dunk, so all you LeBron stands out there can enjoy this highlight. Here's James to the bucket again. Terry Stocks calling timeout for the Blazers. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Braun. Ah, uh, yes, my name is Braun, and we lost. And we're not going to be that good this year, but I'm going to have a lot of shows on television. That's why LeBron James went to L.A. We have plenty of time to talk about that in the future. But for now, the Lakers got whipped and the Portland Trailblazers got the dub. So let's roll in. My guy, John Campbell, going to join us. Then we're going to go to Michigan and be joined by Joel Klatt, who's calling the Michigan State-Michigan game. Michigan on the road against Michigan State. Jim Harbaugh trying to get a big win and keep his team's dreams alive in the Big Ten East. But uh, John Campbell is going to join us first from Odd Shark. John Campbell, let's start with LeBron. How do you bet the Lakers? Is there any value you can see in the Lakers going forward? Anything in the season totals, MVP? How would you bet right now the Lakers if you were looking at their overall numbers? Well, you have to assume that the numbers are inflated. So if you're serious about winning money and you want to bet the Lakers, I think you want to look at betting against them in the games that they play. And Looking back historically, LeBron in the first 20, 30 games where he starts with new teams, he he typically doesn't do very well against the spread. My general rule with, with LeBron teams is when they're favored by a bunch, I look to play on him. And when he's an underdog, I look to play against him. Uh, and and I think it's just a little bit of contrarian play there. When the public sees him in an underdog role like last night, uh, they just want to jump all over him. They cannot resist LeBron getting points. So I kind of go opposite that, and it works out okay. The uh, Broncos got a massive win last night. The Cardinals are just awful. I'm in London to watch the Titans play against the Chargers. There's obviously a lot of big games going on this weekend in the NFL. As we said earlier, the NFL's kind of got its swagger back. When you look at it from a gambling perspective, what do you like? I mean, I think the best best game, in my mind anyway, Saints-Ravens going to be tough to top. The Saints are on a roll. The Ravens are also playing really well. That, to me, is probably the best game going on Sunday. But which games do you like from a gambling perspective? Yeah, I agree. That that will probably be the best game to watch, and uh, it should be good. I think Saints might make a good teaser option because I think that line is really, really good. Um, one I like, I like the Eagles minus five at home against the Panthers. Uh, I, the Panthers are just really one-dimensional on offense this year, and the Eagles are good in the red zone. That's what I look, I, I look at when I bet on the Eagles. I look at how the other team is in the red zone, and uh, Panthers aren't great at stopping teams when they get in there, so... I like the Eagles minus five. I think the Browns are going to finally end their 23-game road losing streak here going up against the Bucks in this absolutely dreadful defense. The Browns are 6-16-1 against the spread in their 23 straight road losses, but I think that ends here. And, and it, the Browns' biggest weakness is the O-line, but Tampa Bay just cannot get to the quarterback. They can't do anything on defense. So I kind of like the Browns there, too. 
team I've been loving this year is the Lions, and I think they get it done in Miami uh, this this week as well. All right, what about the game that I'm going to be at here in London? How do you val? And I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if you've done a deep dive on any of these games. The Chargers are traveling all the way from L.A. to play in a game that kicks off at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So effectively, uh, and, and that's uh, that's in the States. So effective, obviously it's in the afternoon here. But effectively they are starting a game at 6.30 a.m. their time, right? That's a really weird kind of feel. They'll be up earlier than that. Do you factor that in at all? Obviously the Titans are traveling over two, and it's still a relatively early start for them. It's an 8.30 a.m. start for a team from the central time zone. How do you factor in body clocks and travel situations for games like these, or can you? Yeah, I think you can, and, and it is something you have to pay attention to. I think it's probably worth about a point on the spread here. Chargers should probably be something more like minus 5.5, minus 5, something like that. And it's hard. We know this scientifically that it's harder traveling east than it is traveling west and, and uh, as you lose time there. So last week, I'll admit, I did not factor enough uh, the Raiders – then their poor travel decision to go over on Thursday, and they just looked absolutely terrible in that game against the Seahawks. So there's an example where if, if teams don't plan out their travel situation properly, they can end up in real trouble. So I think it is something you have to consider, and I think it is a slight advantage for the Titans. I don't think it's enough in this case to cover the spread. They, they just looked so, so bad last week. Yeah, no doubt. It's a messy situation. Anybody else you like in the NFL in particular, or should we move on to college football? Well, I, I'm going to keep taking the over in Chiefs games. That uh, <laughs> doesn't seem to go wrong here. And and I like the Falcons Monday night, too. The Giants are just so bad. I can't believe that line came down from six to four and a half. So I took that. I like the Falcons Monday night a lot. Do you like Michigan on the road against Michigan State? So far, Jim Harbaugh is 1-2 and two, uh, against Mike uh, D'Antoni. And as a result, Michigan State, eh, they got a big win on the road in Happy Valley, but they've been very wobbly all year. Michigan trying to keep its uh, dreams alive in the Big Ten East and also its playoff uh, dreams alive. What do you see in this one? Well, I feel like I was the only person in the world on Michigan last week, and I, and I just love that matchup against Wisconsin. But... I like Michigan again here, but I've learned my lesson way too many times in this rivalry because I always bet this game. And no matter what, you just take Michigan State because they have covered this rivalry game 10 years in a row. No That's matter a wild what, stat. They, That's a wild yeah, stat out there. It's crazy. And when you have these situations, you do have to take that into consideration. And there's ones like this. We saw with, with the Bengals and Steelers last week. It's, the Steelers always seem to win and cover in Cincinnati. So... This is another one. Michigan State, no matter what is going on, they seem to be able to cover the spread here. They're getting a touchdown at home. The other thing I like, Michigan State is the number one team in the country at stopping the run, and Michigan can't move its offense if they don't get the run going first. So that's something else I like. I think this is going to be a close game. All right, other top 25 games that are going on in college football. You can tell me if you like any of these. NC State uh, on the road against Clemson. Clemson a massive favorite considering the fact that NC State is undefeated. I think a lot of people have not noticed that NC State is 5-0. and They didn't play uh, against West Virginia due to the hurricane that came through. So NC State still undefeated. Mississippi State going on the road against LSU. And uh, we've got a Pac-12 challenge, Oregon, going on the road against Washington State. Uh, Washington State, I believe they've got college game day there. They are around a three-point favorite. Any of those jump out at you? 
Yeah, I, I got something going in all these games here. And uh, the NC State-Clemson line is, is maybe the most interesting because NC State undefeated, getting 17.5 points. We've only seen this happen twice before, going back to 1995, where an, a 5-0 and team is getting more than two touchdowns. It was in 2009 and 1998. So this is a historically big line. But I still like Clemson here. I, I think they're just going to run over NC State. I love NC State's offense, but Clemson, Clemson's uh, running game is too powerful for NC State's defense. So I like that one. Everybody in the world seems to be on Washington State. I'm glad this line's moved out because I love Oregon here. I, I think the college game day factor is, is playing into this line a little bit. I love Oregon's O-line, and Justin Herbert's playing incredibly well. They have a great running game with C.J. Verdell. I love that one. And I love the under. This is a low total in Mississippi State, LSU, but this is going to be a good old-fashioned SEC game. Number one scoring defense in the country with Mississippi State going up against LSU and their great defense. Neither one of these quarterbacks have put together. These, these two quarterbacks have only thrown one touchdown pass in their last six starts as well. So those defenses going up against quarterbacks that can't seem to get in the end zone, I, you could put this total at 30. I'd still take the under. Like that one. Any other games that you like on the college football slate? Yeah, one I really like. I like Wake Forest getting 10. I'm going to take them straight up as well against Florida State. Both teams coming off a bye. Uh, I've had a good read on Wake this year. If you can run on Wake, you'll probably cover against them. Going back the last two years, when teams run all over them, they, they easily cover the spread. Florida State cannot run the football. They're 124th in the nation uh, at rushing the football. So both teams coming off a bye. I think they'll keep it close and might even pull out a win. Outstanding stuff as always. You can follow John Campbell at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. You can also check his writing out and his workout at oddshark.com. Appreciate the time, my man. Thanks, Clay. That's John Campbell. Go follow him. Up next, we're going to be joined by Joel Klatt, and we'll be joined by him from Michigan, where he's getting ready to call Michigan State hosting Michigan. That's a crazy stat that Michigan State has covered 10 straight games against the Wolverines. We're brought to you by Granger, America's trusted source for industrial and safety supplies. Visit Granger.com. And it's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. You may think it makes you look casual, but more than likely, it just ends up looking sloppy. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. A casual shirt that's not too long and not too short. It's just right. Shirts designed so well, GQ calls them perfection. Untucked shirts are a go-to for any occasion, from casual to dressy, and not only do they look good, they feel great. Impeccable craftsmanship and attention to detail make Untucked the only choice for the untucked man. With more than 50 sizing options, every guy can find the perfect shirt, whether you have a six-pack or haven't seen your abs since college, log on to untuckit.com and check out all the new fall arrivals. Use the promo code CLAY for 20% off your entire first-time purchase. You can also visit Untuckit at one of their over 40 retail locations throughout the country. Stop hiding your shirt with your pants and your pants with your shirt. Untuckit.com. Your selection to perfecting casual women out there. If you don't trust what your man is going to wear, you can use my promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, 20% off and buy him something that you're not ashamed to see him wearing. That's untuckit.com, promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, for 20% off savings. Up next, it's Joel Klatt breaking down Michigan State, Michigan, and more. All that still to come on OutKick. Let's roll, boys.
Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And right now, I'm in London for the fall football tour. It's brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger for the ones who get it done. And also, speaking of the ones who get it done, we are right now, we're hanging out with the Lending Club, where you can borrow up to forty grand to pay off all your high interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash iHeart today and check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash iHeart. All loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. And let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, Joel Klatt's going to join us from East Lansing here momentarily. But first, uh, Ralph Irvin, what's shaking in the world of sports? Well, thank you very much, Clay. And the Boston Red Sox are going to the World Series. They beat Houston 4-1 on Thursday night, clinching the American League pennant and a spot in the World Series. They win the series four games to one. David Price earned his first ever postseason win going six innings, striking out nine and giving up just three hits. The Red Sox will face the winner of the Dodgers and the Brewers. Thursday night, week seven of the NFL season kicked off with Denver mopping the floor with Arizona. 45-10, the Broncos forced five turnovers but broke their four-game losing streak. In the NBA, LeBron James made his Lakers debut. He scored 26 points in a 128-119 loss at Portland. The Blazers have beaten LA 16 straight times. Miami, a buzzer beater from Kelly Olenek. They beat Washington 113-112. And Philadelphia bounced back for their opening night loss to beat Chicago 127-108. One other score, Stanford back to their winning ways. They rolled through Arizona State 20-13. Now let's talk more college football as we head back to the Geico Outkick London Studios with Clay Travis. We are indeed in the Geico Outkick London Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm in London this week. In advance, a Sunday's Titans-Chargers game, the fall football tour brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger for the ones who get it done. Joel Clack gets it done. He calls games for Fox Sports. He's their lead college football analyst. He is in East Lansing, where his boy Jim Harbaugh is getting ready to take on Michigan State and see whether or not he can beat them for the second time in four years. What's going to happen in the game, Joel? Well, first of all, I think he might be your boy by the end of this year. Who knows, right? How good they're playing yes. right now. Um, <laughs> I doubt it, right? You'll never, you'll never be a Harbaugh guy, right? No, look, if Harbaugh won, like I was uh, never a like I respect dominance and victories. There are only four guys okay. right now in college football who have championships, right? We got Dabo, yep. we got Jimbo, we've got uh, we got Urban Meyer, and we got Nick Saban. If Harbaugh were able to join that group, I would say, you know what? Congratulations, Jim Harbaugh. My biggest issue with Jim Harbaugh is he has talked about as if he is one of those four guys, and he's not. Right. Well, he is the only coach to win the NFL Coach of the Year and the College Coach of the Year, um, which that's not saying much, I understand. But he has won everywhere he's been. I've been a defender of him because I feel like he gets undue criticism just because people don't like him. People don't like his style. But – as far as this game goes, this game could not be more intriguing because, Clay, they are, right now, the, both teams are playing their best football of the season. And and I, 
at least for me, I did not expect Michigan State to beat upset Penn State on the road uh, a week ago. And so all of a sudden it made this just such an intriguing game. Um, when you've got Harbaugh and Michigan more in particular that has not won a road game against a ranked team in 17 tries, Harbaugh's 1-5 against his rivals, and all of a sudden his team is legitimately, when I evaluate them, genuinely good enough to win the rest of their games and go to the college football playoff. This game becomes just so juicy and so massive. You go back to last year, remember in the bowl season where Michigan State felt a little bit slighted, Clay, because they had to go to the Holiday Bowl while Michigan got to go to the Outback Bowl and and Mark D'Antonio basically was saying, hey, you know, what are you, we're going to continue to focus on winning those games and beating Michigan. And Harbaugh basically said, keep my program's name out your mouth. So <laughs> there's, there's everything. There's bad blood. There's rivalry. And then I think that there, there's serious postseason implications in this game as well. All right, so this is a stat that we just heard from my guy John Campbell who works at Odd Shark. I didn't realize it, but it makes some sense. Michigan State has covered 10 straight years against Michigan which is a wild stat to have happen, all right? And a big part of that, I think, is because Michigan is the Cadillac program and Michigan right. State historically is, you know, the uh, what, what's not a Cadillac, like a uh, – what, what's like a uh, – inevitably we're going to have like millions well, of dollars I, yeah, I don't spent know by whatever who car your company. sponsors are. So I yeah, maybe so anyway, a not a Cadillac. A car that is not as good of a Cadillac, all right? That's what we'll say. Cadillac is, is a high-end uh, automobile. Um, and so my wife By the way, is look at dad. us, the experience, the veterans. Yes, not, yes. Not throwing any sponsors out. Uh, inevitably, anytime I take a shot at somebody, that I get a, I get an email and they're like, hey, they were just about to spend a million dollars on your on your show and now they're upset. because you. So, um, so it, is, uh, it is awesome. Uh, my wife is a Michigan grad. She yeah. hates Ohio State. But that's she respects you, that's Ohio why you State. Hate Jim Harbaugh. No, I get it. No, no, no. I should love Michigan because of the, my wife's school. But she does not respect in any way Michigan State. And she's like, I don't like Ohio State. I have zero respect for Michigan State because they are nowhere near our equal. Yet, Jim Harbaugh is one and two against Michigan State. I feel like a lot of people out there are upset about how he's done against Ohio State. This is a to me. This is a massive must-win game for Jim Harbaugh. He has to. Yeah. He can't go to one and three because again, it's going to be hard to go on the road and win in Columbus for anybody. So I think it's hard to judge him based on losing road games against top five teams. But he's got to beat Michigan State here, right? I I totally agree with you, in particular with the way Michigan State's season is going, with the injuries that they've had. You know, last week they did not travel six starters from their offense and still were able to get the win against Penn State. And yet Michigan went out there and beat Wisconsin by double digits. Only the third time Wisconsin's been beat by double digits since 2011. The other two teams that did it won the national championship, Ohio State and Alabama, in those years. So, yeah, I mean, with what – because all of a sudden, I think what you get, and, and, and maybe your wife would tell you this, is I think that you're starting to get the Michigan people believing, like, Oh wait, this is real. This team is his best version. Um, we can win the rest of our games. The way that Ohio State looks, in particular on defense and with their offensive line, we might be the favorite in the Big Ten right now. Um, I, I think you're starting to get that that type of belief, which means that this becomes a must. It's not just hey, we really need to beat them because they're a rival. It's you cannot allow a season with this much promise 
to get thrown under the bus by, of all teams, Michigan State. And, and that's all due respect to Michigan State because, quite frankly, if you go back to the preseason, remember Michigan State was actually ranked in the preseason ahead of Michigan. Uh, Michigan was at 14. Michigan State was at 11. So Michigan State's got some talent. They've got some experience. They've got some teams, uh, some guys that have gone out there and done this against the Wolverines. But, but right now there's this sense that Michigan is on a special trajectory. And, and for that to get knocked off in a game like this, I think would be borderline traumatic for their fan base. Uh, because I think all those things are true. Clay, if you were to ask me right now, or you were to say like, hey, you're going to go unlock it in, bet your own money on who's going to win the Big Ten, I think I would have to say Michigan right now after seeing all the teams live. Well, and it's a part of that that Ohio State's ability to run the football has just fallen off the face of a yeah. mountain. I, I, I don't know what's happened there. Why is that? You watch all these games. You watch all this game tape. I look at the overall box scores, and I've just watched each week their yards per carry and their ability to run the football has gotten worse, even though their competition hasn't necessarily been skyrocketing. What's happened? Well, um, if you wanted to boil it down, I think that their personnel right now is not great. I think last year they started to struggle a little bit, and Billy Price at the center position helped them out immensely. See, they've always had – did you know Urban Meyer has had an all-Big Ten guard every single year he's been at Ohio State? This is the first year that's not going to happen. You know, he had Pat Elfline. He had Billy Price. Uh, the year they won the national championship, he had both of those guys. Um, so – that's an issue. The interior of that line. See, they're not a tackle-driven team when you're talking about their run game. When you talk about their run game, they are what I would consider is a quarterback run and an interior lineman-driven run team. Well, they don't have a quarterback that's running it anymore, and I think that's getting a lot of conversation with Dwayne Haskins. And they don't have a, have a dominant guard-center guard combination. Combination. Michael Jordan, who is their best offensive lineman, has moved down to center but he's trying to play center. He's like six seven. You know that's tough to do, um, and they're just not getting any movement up front. The the name of the game, running the football, regardless of who you're handing it to, Clay is getting movement. If you don't get movement, in particular with your double teams, you will not succeed. If you don't get movement, you have no ability to block the linebackers. If you don't get movement, you have no ability to start gaining any sort of downhill momentum with your running backs. Uh, if you don't get any movement, you get contact in the backfield far greater percentage of the time than you do if you do if you do get movement. So all of those things are happening right now, and they're just being masked because they've got an elite passer. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is is good, Clay. He is really good. Watching him live, I was so impressed. Their veteran wide receivers are very good. They can throw it on anybody, but they don't do really anything else well. Their defense is not great. Their offensive line is not great. And if it's not Haskins thrown for 400 yards, you know, they're going to struggle. So I think there's some, there's some serious holes right now in what Ohio State is throwing out there. Are there serious holes in Notre Dame? That's a good question. I, I, yes, but I don't, I don't know who's going to exploit them before a potential playoff game, right? Like what team out there on their schedule is going to exploit them? Maybe Florida State just because of speed and athleticism, even though Florida State's bad. And they have maybe one of the worst offensive lines in Power Five. Um, you know, there are some things you saw Pitt uh, last week give Notre Dame all they could handle. But the the bottom line for me is that Notre Dame has transformed themselves. See, defensively, they're a really good team. We knew that from the start. 
But the fact that Ian Book is at quarterback now, since he was inserted into the lineup and as the starting quarterback, Clay, they're averaging just over 38 points per game. So they're a much better team than they were at the beginning of the year. And at the beginning of the year, they beat a really good team in Michigan. So I, I think we got to prepare ourselves, and I'm sure this just makes people in the SEC footprint puke, but I think Notre Dame's going to the playoff, dude. And if Notre Dame goes to the playoff, I know you love Clemson. Are you not at all nervous about this game at NC State for them this weekend? I, you know what? I don't love Clemson. I don't know. Well, you've got them number two I, in not, your top ten right now, right? Yeah, but that was born out of the fact that Pitt almost beat Notre Dame. I mean, Clemson rose. Here's the problem. Who else are you putting at number two right now? That's, it's, that's it's the a, problem I started I, to have. I, I saw Ohio State live play, and I was like, that, well, geez, that's not very good. And and <laughs> at least in the last game Clemson played, they hammered whoever it was they played. Wake Forest, I like think. Six, yeah. yeah, Wake Forest, 63-3 to three or something like that. I think Trevor Lawrence, the more he gets reps, is going to continue to get better, and their front four is really good. But they haven't been dominant. The only team that has gone out there every single week and looked like a great elite team is Alabama. Everybody else... I've just been shifting them around based on how they played that week. And and last week I was not impressed with Notre Dame and I was not impressed at all with with Ohio State. If if I had any if I had any guts whatsoever, I would have put Michigan number two after what they did to, to Wisconsin, but I don't have any guts. So. <laughs> all right, so Alabama. Would you rest Tua if you were Nick Saban? Jalen Hurts has dominated against Tennessee two consecutive years. Both years that he started, the games were not close. Tua's knee is not 100%, and they've got a bye week coming up. But basically, Bama's season is going to come down to LSU. If they beat LSU, they're going to be in the playoff, I believe, because I don't think Mississippi State can beat them. I don't think Auburn can beat them. And even if they lost in the SEC title game, I think as dominant as they have been, it would be hard-pressed to leave them out. They would be the best of the one-loss teams. I feel like Bama, if they beat LSU, is going to be in the playoff. Do you buy into that, and would you then make a decision, I want to uh, as close to 100%, you could have him rested for basically three weeks if you don't play him much against Tennessee? Listen, if there's any doubt whatsoever, I would rest him. Um, And have him dressed, have him ready to go, because if you really needed him and you were in a tight ball game, let's say, uh, even though I don't expect it with Tennessee – then, then maybe he could come in and bail you out. But like you said, it's not like their second option is bad. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a former SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, Jalen Hurts led them to two straight national championship games. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a guy that has thrown the ball better than he has his entire career. You know, that offense right now is, is playing at a clip, regardless of the quarterback, that is incredible. It just happens to be insanely efficient when Tua is in there. Uh, so because of that, I, I would err on the side of caution. Um, I think that Saban would do that anyways, which makes me believe that if he's going to go out there and play, he's 100%. Uh, I don't see why not. But here's the, the thing that makes me cautious or, or nervous or whatever you want to call it. It was a non-contact kind of play that he started, you know, like last week had to come out of the game. That, to me, signifies something more serious. But, listen, I'm not down there. I don't, I don't watch him run around in practice. Maybe he feels great. Maybe he's 100%. And maybe last week was the week of caution where there was just a slight tweak and they said, okay, come on out and let, let's let Jalen handle this the rest of the way. 
Outstanding stuff as always. Joel Klatt will be watching Michigan State hosting Michigan this weekend. Huge game. Can't wait, my man. You got it, bud. Have a good one. That's Joel Klatt. Go follow him on Twitter. Thank him for coming on the show at Joel Klatt on Twitter. Final segment of the week up next, live from London. I'm going to make you all rich with my gambling picks. Outkick gambling picks coming up next. Get your pen and paper ready. Get rich kids. The blood bank guarantee is coming. All that and more coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Borrow up to forty grand to pay off your high-interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash iHeart today and check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash iHeart. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, and... I'm in London for the fall football tour brought to you by Granger. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger for the ones who get it done. A lot of people chirping me right now on social media for getting Mark D'Antonio and Mike D'Antoni mixed up. Here's the deal. One of those guys has to change his name. The fact that one guy is named Mike D'Antoni and the other guy is named Mark D'Antonio. Not fair. It's impossible not to get those guys mixed up. I'm just saying one of them should have to change his name. Way too close. Too easy to get them mixed up. Sometimes you might say Mike D'Antonio. Sometimes you might say Mark D'Antoni. It just doesn't make any sense. I said like before that nobody should have allowed Hyatt and Hilton to both be named. Shouldn't have been able to be capable. Nobody knows the difference between Hyatt and Hilton. Everybody out there right now, they're like, yeah, you know what? I don't know the difference. It's basically the same company because their names are too similar. Same thing is true with Mike D'Antonio and Mark D'Antoni or whatever the hell their names are. That screws up everything. Uh, All right, what doesn't screw up everything? Me making you rich with my gambling picks. Get your pens and papers out, kids. Get ready to get rich because here we come. It's time for the Blood Bank Guarantee and the Outpick Gambling Picks. Guess who's back? It's time. AKA Mr. Make It Rain on the move. For Clay Travis to make us rich. I'm rich! Including the legendary, famous, well known talk of the town, most celebrated. I'd buy that for a dollar. Blood Bank Guarantee. Here we go. 10 picks to make you rich today Vanderbilt at Kentucky and the under. Vanderbilt at Kentucky and the under. Central Florida killed us last weekend. Some people would run when they get slaughtered. I run towards the slaughter. I think Central Florida is going to make it up to us this weekend against East Carolina. Central Florida gets the easy cover. Ohio State at Purdue. This is a game that I think you guys should pay attention to because I think Purdue's a lot better than their record. Purdue is sitting right now at 3-3. Three and three. They've won three games in a row, including two blowouts on the road in the Big Ten at Nebraska and at Illinois. I love the over in this game. I also think Ohio State is going to be in for a tough game against Purdue. I'm not calling for the upset because we got a two-touchdown favorite, but I love Purdue to cover here as an underdog, and I think Purdue's going to keep it close. It would not stun me if this game is really tight in the fourth quarter. I don't think Ohio State's been playing very well. Purdue has been playing better. This is a much better than a 3-3 and caliber team. I think Purdue keeps it really close. Memphis at Missouri, the over. Michigan at Michigan State, blood bank guarantee here. Tap the veins, the under. No points are going to be scored in this game, hardly at all. 
It's going to be a physical uh, struggle, a battle in the trenches. Michigan, great defense. Michigan State's going to keep it close. I love the under in this game. Alabama at Tennessee. I like Tennessee. Blood bank guarantee, by the way, the under in Michigan, Michigan State. Alabama at Tennessee. I like Tennessee. I think what's going to happen is Alabama is going to rest Tua as much as they can. Jalen Hurts is like the difference between going from Tua to Jalen Hurts, like the difference between going from HD television to standard definition television. Still okay, but it ain't the same thing. That's what's going to happen. Tennessee is going to cover against Alabama. Oregon at Washington State, I like the over. Points are going to rain down in this game. Oregon at Washington State, I like the over. Mississippi State at LSU, I love the under. Love the under there. There you go, boys and girls. That is my 10 gambling picks to make everybody rich. What did you just say in my ear, Danny G? Ah, yes. We have a very short amount of time <laughs> left in the show. I thought that was Danny G telling me something that I really needed to know. We've got so many ads now I know. that they're constantly in my ear. Make sure you hit these ads. You're on high uh, alert. It was just Roberto telling you you have 90 seconds for Radio Magic. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I know we've got a little bit of time left in the show. It's been fun over here in Europe. I really do think the NFL is ready to put a team in London. I'm excited to see what the vibe's going to be like in Wembley Stadium between the Chargers and the Titans, even though I think the Chargers are going to blow out the Titans. My other blood bank guarantee for you in the NFL Take the Chargers minus six and a half. I think they're going to beat the Titans by double figures. I don't think this game's going to be close. Titans don't have anybody who can handle Phillip Rivers in the passing game. Their offense is awful. Um, the Chargers are on a roll right now. I think the Chargers have a good shot to get to nine. Hopefully the Chargers stay in London and don't come back. Honestly, I think it would be uh, interesting if they did decide to move the Chargers to London. Yeah, check the podcast, I, I, segment one. Yeah, we talked about it in uh, in early in the show, uh, and I encourage you guys to go download the podcast. Appreciate all the support. Like you said, uh, October looking like it's going to be the best month the podcast has ever had. August was the best August we've ever had on the show. We were up 27% in terms of listenership over last year, which is an insane amount for a national radio show to increase. So I thank all of you for all the support you have shown for the show. Uh, we will obviously be back next week, back stateside, breaking down everything going on in the NFL and in college football. Appreciate all of you. Go follow me on Twitter at Clay Travis. Get rich off the gambling picks. Again, take the Chargers and all those 10 that I gave you. Appreciate everybody hosting me here in London. We've had an awesome week, me and the family. Great time, by the way, at Legoland. If you haven't been to the one in Carlsbad or the one in Orlando, my kids loved the one in uh, London. It's outstanding. Been a great week. Appreciate all y'all. Outkick out. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.